Many years have passed since a fellowship of light battled the shadow creature at the Grey Haven. Now the heroes find themselves in an unknown land where they discover a man in black is wreaking havoc. Undeath follows him wherever he goes, and long-forgotten legends rise again, having been possessed by his evil. Join the players of this Dungeons & Dragons campaign as they attempt to stop the man in black as he collects artifacts both on and off the Lonely Isle. Welcome to Tolerasia in part two of the Inglorian Bastards trilogy, Rise of the Mormon. All right, um, so welcome to the second part of our three-part Inglorian Bastard trilogy. Uh, we're calling this Rise of the Mormigil uh, for, for reasons that will become, rele uh, well, obvious, hopefully, in the, in the first, say, five episodes or so. Um, it'll sort of become more and more clear as we go. Uh, so again, we're, we're playing a modified Adventures in Middle-Earth Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition campaign. Um, we're doing 10 weeks for each part of the trilogy. Um, and when I say modified uh, adventures of Middle Earth, uh, here's what I mean. So if everybody could look in Roll20 uh, in their handouts, uh, under Rules, um, I, you can see that I've really pared this down. Um, I used to have, well, I still have the key differences between D&D &D and Adventures of Middle Earth. Um, but the things that I've removed are, um, there are no embarkation roles this, in this part. Uh, there are no audience roles. Uh, we will be using corruption, shadow points, the miserable condition, bouts of madness. Um, and so if you can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just open up a few windows for you. So review the miserable and bouts of madness window. Um, let's see, what else can we do? Please review possession by the shadow. That's new. Should we should we like narrate these for the stream? Um, I you know uh, Spriggs is actually pretty good about bringing them up in the windows so people can okay. read them. Um, basically, what it says is um, I'll, I'll read the miserable and that's as this if you want. Um, so th the way the miserable condition works for anybody that's new to this, we have three new players with us this week, and we'll we'll ask them to introduce themselves here pretty soon. Um, the way that it works is if we can all picture Boromir from from the um, probably from the fellowship, I would think um, when he ha when he kind of loses it and he goes after Frodo, we would consider him miserable, and um, and that's when our the shadow points that you accrue for either going through a cursed land or seeing something really awful or doing something bad to someone else, you accrue these shadow points, and once those shadow points exceed your wisdom score, you you get you become miserable. It's a condition, just like grappled or or something like that, and you basically have disadvantage on attacks. You have disadvantage advantage on it, ability score rolls. Um, and then if you fail at something while you're miserable, you have a chance to have a bout of madness. Um, and a bout of madness is sort of based on your class, but probably the way we'll do it this time as you start to get closer. Um, you know, the way that it normally works is you lose control of your character um, and you, you know, you kind of act all freaky. I, I, I kind of made it a little bit like the rage condition that a barbarian has. So, um, so that you can, can, you can maintain control of your character, but you act in such a way and you have to sort of role play that um and uh and you you stay in your bout of madness this was a question in the last campaign that i really didn't know how to answer because it wasn't fully explained um but you it's going to work like a rage so you stay in a bout of madness uh for 1d4 rounds or as long
long as you continue to hit or be hit. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so if so if you know if you're not being hit and you're not able to attack somebody, you know if people are like holding you down or whatever, uh, eventually in one d four rounds you will get out of your bout of madness. So I, I wanted to clarify that. Is that clear to everybody? Yeah. It's essentially succumbing. Everybody in this world has a chance to succumb to this evil power, right? Of Sauron or Morgoth or whomever. Yeah. Um, the way that possession is going to work. Um, so you are dealing with the shadow, um, and the, the shadow was released from the void by you guys in the first can- in the first ten episodes. Um, and is this this evil spirit? You'll find out more about it hopefully in this these next ten episodes. If if I say, okay, we need to do a save versus possession. Um, and I'm going to ask everybody to do it, but whisper it to me. So it's not a public role. And I thought it would add some suspense if, if we wasn't, if we weren't sure who was possessed. Make sense? Yeah. Fantastic. Wait, who's uh, possessed? No one's yet. possessed right now. You don't know. But if, but if, it, if, if so in, in episode 10, you came face to face with a shadow who transformed into a Balrog and he ended up possessing, uh, who did he put Burin? Um, and, and we all knew it, but how much fun would it be if no one really, the, you know, the shadow disappeared and no one knew who was possessed, right? I mean, let's just be clear. I've been hanging with this dude for a while now. <laughs> That's true. true. (laughs) And we'll find out more about that in a second. Um, So, okay. So those are the the new rules that I've kind of added. The other thing I added uh, was Tessero's hiding rules. And we flushed this out in chat. Um, I kind of let this go a little, uh, I got a, it was a little powerful, a little broken because I didn't want to deal with it. But I sat down and I really focused on all of his, um, he's a, he's a particular kind of hobbit. um, And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Tessero, but everything that I've put in there, is, is you know explains like um, the kind of hobbit that you are you're you're actually able to hide behind uh, a medium-sized creature um, what, what we didn't deal with is we just assumed that you were hidden didn't matter if that person moved didn't matter if the the enemy moved right so we're gonna we'll try to sort of flush that out a little more um, and and we can't assume that you always have uh, advantage or or you you know that you always get your um, sneak attack so we'll we'll just sort of go through this systematically and and you can can try to hide and i can tell you if you can if you can hide um and if you can hide then then i'll let you know whether you have advantage is that okay yeah yeah all right um and let's see i think that's that's it for the good of the order um if uh if you can all look in your lore cards um i've i've tried to organize it now under lore i have a sub container called current session and there's a ton of things in there um and our former expert was the dunadine right he had a bunch of known lands that he was he was able to be the guide um, and and sort of tell you history geography uh, about particular areas that you're traveling through um, our experts um, because because none of you from the original campaign had been to across the straight road to Amman uh, or Valinor or Tolerasea um, you guys won't be our experts uh, actually most of you don't have lore cards um, so mm-hmm. people like John and MJ and Vic people who have been to the Blessed Realm uh, or the Undying Lands if you know however you want to refer to it you guys will be sort of our lore masters for this part of it um, and Marco I'm guessing you'll probably 
develop some more known lands along the way? Um, I sort of shifted away from the Adventures in Middle-Earth Wanderer, and I'm doing like a Ranger-Fighter hybrid from the Player's Handbook. Okay, cool. So I don't really have known lands, but I do have um, like a more generic feature called Natural Explorer, which um, has some similar properties. Not as powerful, but like they apply everywhere. So awesome. I can okay, well, share that with you later. Yeah, so the first thing I'll tell you is I'm not a rule expert, uh, mm-hmm. and I've told you that before. I, you know, I've done this a few times now, and so I, I kind of know, and I'll be, I'll be more like a referee, but I'm, I'm hoping that each of you are the expert on your particular character and your character class. And, and we'll just, we'll just try to be fair about things. And, and we may get to a point where I say, let's not deal with it. Let's, let's figure it out in between this session and the next session. All right. So, um, the sound, by the way, is totally your microphone rubbing on the zipper on your sweatshirt. This is nice. Hold on. It's mine. Yeah, it is. Yep. <laughs> There you go. That's, that's better. Just, just to move it to the side a little bit. There you go. <laughs> oh, he's got his Caverns and Creatures shirts on. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Caverns and Creatures. Nice. I still don't have one. <laughs> need to remedy that. Yeah, I do. I'm going to go order one right now. All right. Any, <laughs> any questions for me before I go into a quick review of what year it is and then ask you to do your introductions? Uh, what is the airspeed velocity of a <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> 42 miles an hour. <laughs> 42 is the meaning of life, according to Douglas Adams. Yeah. All right. So let me just catch you guys up here. I I think I did under handouts miscellaneous, um, I I did a timeline. Um, And so this is kind of just a brief time. I'm going to fill it in a little bit um, uh, and sort of relate it to our first campaign. Um, So I I put up, um, so you guys are like right at the end of the third age um, by the time you get to the blessed realm um, across the straight road. So, um, so technically, the fourth age begins after Sauron is defeated, and Arnor and Gondor are reunited, and all that. The, the you know the, the period of peace after uh, the the ring is destroyed, um, and it technically begins on uh, March twenty fifth of thirty twenty one. Okay, <laughs> so let me let me sort of catch you up. So Riken jumped through the portal. Um, uh, let's see, January thirty first of twenty nine fifty four. Um, he essentially came through the portal eight days later, right? Um, except, uh, it was actually 66 years later. So he came through the portal on February 7th of 3020. Uh, so, so right at the tail end of the third age. Um, but it was actually 66 years later. Um, and he'll catch, I, I, I kind of want to RP this. Um, but to give you guys um, another frame of reference, so the, the rest of you who got in the ship, you got in the ship the next day after the battle was over. Riken had been gone for you know, 12, 15, 15 hours. Uh, the original group, you guys left on February 1st of 2954. You arrived in Tolerase on April 15th of 3020. That was 66 years later or about two years and five months later. Uh, I'm sorry, 2.5 months later. So you were you were essentially traveling for two point five months in your head, but really by the time you arrived, it was at the end of the third age, um, and you guys got arrested, and everybody is in jail, and we're beginning this on April sixteenth of the year thirty twenty, right at the end of the third age. Cool, I'm back. Sorry. Okay. So we're we're kicking this off April sixteenth, and the reason the reason all this sort of comes into play is there are certain things that happen in the timeline that are known for sure happen on this date, and and that that will come into play. Um, but most of these timelines I arrange around our celebration day, our, our fifth or sixth episode when we get to, like last 
time we celebrated Yule and we did a, like a celebration. We're going to be celebrating a, an Elvish festival this time, uh, and it's and so this is set up to sort of coincide with that. All right. Hey, well, I'm, I'm hanging out in prison. I'm singing. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> knows. <laughs> so uh, before uh, before we switch the map, um, can I have? Let's do like a quick like thirty second, one minute recap of of. Let's start with the original people that that were here. So maybe start with Tessero. Max, could you, could you tell us about your character? Yeah, uh, Tessero was a was a hobbit from the Shire. Uh, very jolly fellow. Um, yeah, he uh, went on this adventure with everyone. Likes to sing and dance, smoke pipe pipe weed. Uh, yeah, he uh, he was a burglar. Um, not a not a not just the Middle Earth type of burglar, not a real one. Uh, and basically just a rogue. Um, what else? Okay, yeah. Uh, the end of last campaign, uh, he got bitten by a werewolf, and uh, they got a cloak. Um, that makes him part tree now. Um, he's basically as um, to to heal him. He's uh, Jared. Do you want to explain that part a little bit <laughs> better than me? So yeah. So you're um, you were bitten by a werewolf, and um, as the as the toxin seeped into your body, you visited your friend Goldberry uh, on the way by the the old forest, and she offered you a cloak that would would essentially draw out the poison. But the cloak itself was <clears throat> like Goldberry herself was very sort of um, a part of the earth. And the cloak itself is slowly transforming you, uh, and you're becoming tree bound, and and essentially you, you're 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 basically becoming like a tree spirit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the cloak is kind of making him a, a part of nature a little bit, and so because of that, he's had. Uh... He's starting to get sort of a naturey magic sort of uh, stuff. Well, so he can turn. He has a tree form now, an ent, ent sort of form, guardian form. The guardian form. <laughs> that was so funny. He he busted out his uh, his group guardian form, uh, and it stood there in all its majesty. And then he looked at a creature that basically dropped him to zero hit points, <laughs> and he just <laughs> fell over. <laughs> oh, I seen one of those. They're not nice. Oh. oh. Um, all right, I, and you know, I, I, it, it occurred to me as you started explaining this: if somebody tunes into this or tunes into it later, they're not going to have any context for the first campaign. So, if I could summarize the first campaign, uh, basically, um, the Umbarian soldiers uh, that aligned themselves with Sauron stole a bunch of items to perform a ritual to open a portal. Both the Tolarese and the Void let in the bad from the Void. Came over to Tolarese, not sure exactly what their intentions were, but um, that was basically the first campaign. And, and here in the second. campaign, campaign um we're going to sort of discover why they wanted to come to tolerasea um and, and um yeah so that, that's about it um should we do should we do burn Sure. So, Burn is a firebeard dwarf from Erebor, son of the great Balin. Um, he originally set out on the campaign, his own secret mission to protect Borvan history and artifacts, um, but ended up liking the guys that he was working with uh, quite a bit. During the last session of our campaign, um, I was possessed by the, um, the shadow, and now I'm prone to bouts of madness. And... If I have a, have a 50% chance of entering a level four murderous against enemies <laughs> and a level one brutal against allies anytime that I crit fail on a out of madness save. Yeah, so I can tell them, and I have a description, uh, tell, the, tell them what that means, the brutal, uh, uh, for just for their own sake. Uh, is it in the handouts? It should be in your handout, but basically it means he could injure you if the, if the yeah, situation like, is right. Like I would be like very, I don't know, unrealistically ragey about stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> Unrealistically on, on crazy? Yeah. So like you're pregnant. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Everyone like, here. Like, like my wife right now. <laughs> uh, my wife right, is awesome. my character. So I, I love that you guys are have already gone into what I'm calling the trauma of both of your characters. Uh, yeah, so so like I said, um, when characters, these guys are level 10 now. So they, they according to D&D rules, are, are sort of local legends, right? They've accrued a certain amount of status and experience they've gotten pretty powerful but at the same time like i I see this as like ptsd right when you come back from the war it makes sense that you're going to have some baggage uh, from all of this experience so let's go right into uh who would like to go next uh someone from the original campaign so either uh let's let's end with josh uh, from the from the original campaign so let's do the duna die now okay so uh my character is faradir um, the def- the defender. He's called the defender now. I can't remember what that is in Elvish. Thangel. Thangel. Yeah. 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 Sendarin. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so his family has had close ties with Aragorn's family going back for generations, and it was like their task to train the the next um, heir um, how to live in the wilderness. Um, and basically, I went on this quest because the elf. Uh, I'm forgetting everyone's names today. Uh, Gildor and Glorian. Gildor, yeah, who, I, who I've known in the past asked me to um, retrieve the um, Elendil stone, uh, which is, you know, it was important to the elves, but it's also important to the uh, Dinadine. So um, I'm also friends with Tessero. I taught him how to bend in the wild. And uh, along our journey, I found the sword Angorel, which is uh, the sister sword of uh, the one that... Anglicel or Gerthang. Yeah, the one that uh, killed the really nasty black dragon and uh the morvengill used that sword so some people are saying that the morvengill has returned i'm not really the morvengill though I just kind of look like him <laughs> yeah but the black sword Mor- morvengill means black sword yeah cool and uh, um, what about your trauma yeah and then uh <laughs> as i like to put it um i was bit by a werewolf 51 times or like something like 101 times and on the 101st time it finally infected me <laughs> so true too <laughs> yeah. I, I literally got bit <laughs> you, were, you were a bit for like an entire session and then yeah. the very last time <laughs> yeah. yeah so um uh, it hasn't affected me yet but um uh, it's growing stronger and stronger in me and i suspect sometime soon i will be um getting all hairy so based yeah. on your knowledge of nature um as you look out the <clears throat> that first night in prison as you look out the bars um you judge by um however one would do this um position of the moon or planets or whatever that um the first full moon is in 13 days it's on april 29th great so if we're all still in prison then i'll be sure to um <laughs> tell everybody <laughs> sure to eat not not share a cell with someone <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. And let's do Riken now. All right, um, uh, Riken is uh, a woodman uh, of the Mountain Hall, or wa- was a woodman of the Mountain Hall. He was uh, born sort of a, a, a steward of the land and of his people, and and as most woodmen, born to sort of battle the forces of the shadow. <clears throat> um, and he was dedicated to that for most of his life. And he got tangled up in this in this adventure that we had, and and at the end of it, as we fought the Balrog, uh, um, 
Riken had been the the person to perform the original ritual, so it was required that he go through the portal in order to close the portal um, that was open. Um, he was sort of moderately successful in doing that. He went through the portal and it closed the portal, but something came with him. Um, uh, not really clear on exactly what that was, but I think it was some bit of the shadow or some bit of what the Balrog actually was. Um, and Riken was trapped in 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 sort of limbo, if you will, in that portal for for something like fifty or sixty years, um, unaging, but trapped with this thing that went through the portal with him in there. And uh, he came out the far side, a uh, very changed person. He's he's um, both physically and mentally. Um, it's sort of stained him and sort of and broke him in his ways of protection and 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 warding and 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 sort of shepherding <coughs> his land, the land and his people. Are, uh, that's sort of just gone from him now. He's he's very very vengeful and very angry and um, he's 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 vengeful and he's vengeful against something that has as far as he knows now no physical form um, so he's sort of just generally vengeful um, he's also horribly physically disfigured uh, the, the the time that he spent in the portal with this thing um, left him scarred with uh, sort of burn scars uh, like generations of burn scars um, in addition to that he he emanates black smoke wherever he goes his every breath he every breath he exhales is like someone exhaling a cigarette um, and it sort of reeks from his pores and, and, and everything everything about him smells of smoke um, so he's a broken and horribly disfigured person that's just very angry at he doesn't really know what Riken has one of the most tragic backstories <laughs> yeah my original backstory was a little bit tragic having lost my father and my brother only to uncover my father's fate and save my brother and then lose my dog and then be tortured for 65 years <laughs> by like some horrible demon <laughs> you're like the Theon, like country song you're like the Theon Greyjoy of the campaign yes yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> only that uh, one part of me still exists as far as I know it's probably burnt and shriveled but it's there <laughs> um, yeah, yeah so um, I actually I actually on a, a like a more rules sided I actually I actually changed my character I, I won't get into it but um, I'm no longer a warden yeah and let, let me just say Josh did a fantastic job uh, role playing this the change in this character both like the fear and the rage that he had when he discovered the shadow was sort of alive in this world with him um, he <laughs> and I will tell you that he beat um, a fully plate mailed armored elf with his fist he beat him unconscious <laughs> In, in his origin session, if that yeah, I had my sword too. I just, uh, I just felt that that was more rage, rageful thing to do. He had it. He was holding his sword and punch like, like sword with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's angry. he doesn't really know what he's angry at, which is what makes it worse. And his, his new shadow weakness is curse of vengeance. So, but he doesn't really know against what. So that makes it an issue. All right, excellent. Um, and now for the new players, let's start with. Um, I like to start with Vic. I think Vic was the first character that we we sort of rolled into this. Um, and 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 Vic, do you do you actually do you want this to come out of RP or or do you want to like like tell us a little bit about your character and then and then have the rest come out in RP? Uh, yeah. Uh, now, do you want me to save a lot of the history just so it comes out in RP or maybe yeah. you? Yeah, maybe you give us. Um, Maybe. Tell us what your favorite thing to do is, because I know what it is. You just got to tell everybody else. <laughs> he likes to bed everything. 
<laughs> just about. So Okren is a uh, he's an Asimar, um, and he's a bard, and he loves to uh, be in the midst of all kinds of uh, cultural changes and spends times. Uh, I guess a little Easter egg for you. He spends. He's about six thousand years old, and he spends time in. in he's invaded the timeline as a as a bard in several different areas. Uh, but we'll, we'll. I guess as we go along, Jared, we'll we'll see where he's been and what he's done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he, he's got a hell of an appearance. Uh, he's he's very pretty, and he's got long blonde flowing locks, and his eyes are the irises are actually astral. So he's he's been around. He hasn't always looked like that. He he has a he has a thing with disguising himself. But you can guarantee there's a bunch of half asses running around all over the place in Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah. So so Vic's character is, if not the oldest, one of two oldest characters uh from in this campaign all right um cool and let's do um you got the, the other two of you mj and john you can both be as cryptic as you'd like john you're probably going to be very cryptic with yours i would imagine but let's do mj first all right so uh <clears throat> i have uh zillador and zillador is pretty old um so zillador was born in the year of the trees which is before the first age he is the son of curafin and brother of Silabrimbor. and Silabrimbor was the master um jewelsmith who forged the elvish rings of power and Silabrimbor and zillador were uh exiled to erigian and it was there that um zillador stayed with his brother and and eventually, Sauron, um, looking to uh, consolidate power, goes to Silimbrim looking for um, the many magical rings that he had made, uh, including the uh, three elvish rings. And so the um, Silimbrim didn't want to obviously give them to Sauron, so he sent them away in hiding and in retaliation. Um, Sauron uh, tortured and killed Silimbrim And so Zondor has actually been around for a long time, and ever since then, he's just sort of been out for revenge. And so he... Uh, uh, he found out about the party by uh, when they actually came through Erigian. That's where uh, him and his brother were exiled to, and that's where he's sort of based out of. He sees them, he observes them, winds up getting on a uh, getting on the boat and in the uh, at the Great Havens. Yeah, the Great Havens, and uh, the, uh, part of the uh, origin experience recently. <laughs> uh, fought alongside them and uh, got to know. Um, let's see who was there. Uh, the, the the most of the people they just introduced themselves, yeah. except Vic's yeah. character. Yeah. yeah, actually, yeah, actually, and me and yeah. uh, Riken wasn't there either. Right. right. Reckon wasn't there. That's right. Okay, so yeah, that was uh, that's sort of backstory. So he's a bit <laughs> a bit of an old crabby uh, elf, hell bent for uh, vengeance or to avenge his brother, I guess. So, so he's he's a he's a druid. Um, and just for the record, in case we get any people hating us on on Twitch, it's uh, Celebrimbor. Sorry, Celebrimbor. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> um, I was gonna and, say it, but I didn't want to be the guy. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll I'll be the guy. It's fine. Uh, so his name is Zelendor. Uh, uh, he's named after. So the two trees, um, uh, Laurelin and Telperion, which are pretty much at the focus of, of all of Tolkien's myths. They're the trees of light that were in the Blessed Realm. They were built on a hill called Izelohar. Um, and so his name, Izelendor, means servant of the green mound. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty sweet name, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. And on to John's character. <clears throat> so I'm Worleman. I'm uh, a very uh, shadowy, selfish um, guy. And I, I've traveled here because I've heard um, that, uh, that this area is in jeopardy and that the world that I love as it is is about to change. And I want to join any crew that will help preserve this, uh, this the way it is now. 
and um, I'm also pretty old and uh, um, have kind of a mysterious air about me. I don't trust him. <laughs> he sure does. Well, you, <laughs> you guys might trust. Hopefully, we'll trust him at the end of the evening. So his his uh, he's also got a very awesome name. I, the 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 suffix Loman is in a lot of Tolkien's words. Um, his name uh, more Loman means dark shade or dark shadow or shade of darkness in Quenya. Lomain. Uh, Loman. All right, so um, you guys all have access to your, um, several of you have either wild shape forms, polymorph forms, a guardian form, or a hound. Uh, sorry, Riken, I don't mean you. Uh, ah! Ah! <laughs> uh, that, so that, they're, they're listed under Nosquanador, which is the Fellowship of Life, uh, of Light, which is what you're called in Sindarin. Though this marks the end of the episode, the road goes ever on. Until next time, join us at longwinded.one and consider giving us a review on Apple Music, Spotify, or really whichever platform you choose.